0: Hello and welcome to this week's Cosmic Creating Show. My name is Jan Shaw. I'm known as a Success Alchemist. And I'm going to save my contact details till the end of the show this week. So if you're interested in my intuitive success coaching or intuitive WordPress development, uh, please hang on till the end of the show and I'll share how to contact me. I have a couple of projects on the go at the moment from members of the Truth Movement, one of whom is actually a listener to the show. So I'm very happy to be working with them. So if that's something that appeals to you, please let me know. And as I say, I'll share my contact information at the end of the show. And today is the 5th of February 2022. And the title of today's show is The Canadian Revolution, Wartime President Part 4 and prepare for change and as usual we've had a a very eventful week again it's uh, impossible to pack everything in so I'm just going to focus on some key points here and um, part of it is going to be doing a helicopter view of what's happening you know on a global or even um, a universal scale rather than Diving deep into the minutiae of the day-to-day news. Um, that's apart from the Canadian Revolution, and I mentioned it last week that there's this massive convoy of truckers who are now um, installed in Ottawa and in on the border, actually between Montana and Canada and a place called Coutts, C-O-U-W-T-S, and in other parts of Canada as well. And there's been some interesting developments this week that I'm going to share with you. Um, the first article I'm going to share is the by Forbidden Knowledge TV, literally entitled The Canadian Revolution. And this was published only a matter of hours ago because there's been some major changes in the last 24 hours. Um, This is the article. We've all seen the glorious truckers blockade in Ottawa where a family-style love fest with people of all colours and creeds has assembled in front of Canadian Parliament. These protesters were called violent and hateful by communist Ottawa police chief Peter Slowly, who appears most concerned about the members of his own ranks who are in obvious support of the truckers slowly declared that his department is targeting the truckers and their supporters for prosecution, collecting their vehicle registration numbers, phone and financial records, as well as those of anyone donating to their cause. On Friday afternoon, a phalanx of farmers' tractors rolled into Toronto and parked in front of the Ontario Legislature, taking local law enforcement by surprise. Also on Friday afternoon, GoFundMe sees nearly $10 million in funds raised for the truckers after a call from Justin Trudeau. And Twitter is up in arms, of, not Twitter, but the Twitterverse is up in arms about this. Recall that GoFundMe froze the donations made to Carl Rittenhouse and to Nick Sandman, both of whom were also maliciously smeared by the communist fake news, of both of whom were later vindicated in court. In 2020, GoFundMe supported and allowed fundraising for the leftist Chaz Chop occupations of Seattle and Portland. They allowed the PDX Protest Bail Fund to raise nearly $1.4 million for violent criminal suspects in Portland during their months long siege of the federal courthouse. The GoFundMe accounts of several violent leftist groups remain Active, including one raising funds for the perpetrator of the Waukesha massacre in which six people were killed and 67 grievously injured when multiple convicted felon Darrell Brooks mowed them down with his SUV days after being released on a $1,000 bail. This this slaughter was memory-holed at breakneck speed by the communist fake news. Freedom Convoy 2022 organisers Chris Barber and Bridget Belton had this to say about their debanking by GoFundMe. They have five lawyers and two accountants who are associated with the account and they actually welcome this fascist action because the publicity will wake up all that many more people to the vicious tyranny of the left. GoFundMe at first had said that it would not automatically refund donations made to the truckers. Those who wanted a refund would have to make a laborious request by February 19, 2022. Otherwise, they were told their funds would be redirected to approved charities like BLM, who in 2020 caused over $2 billion in damage and over a dozen deaths across the U.S., But because of Chris Barber's lawyers and because of those on social media telling donors to initiate chargebacks with their credit card companies, which would have cost GoFundMe $15 for every person that did this, GoFundMe relented late on Friday saying, due to donor feedback, (laughs) we are simplifying the process. We will automatically refund all contributions directly. Donors do not need to submit a request. The Freedom Convoy 2022 has now moved to the Christian fundraising platform, Give, Send, Go. Incidentally, um, because all the supporters of the convoy have switched to Give, Send, Go, it is having intermittent downtime just because of the sheer volume of people that want to go on there and donate. I just clicked the link and I got a bad gateway error, but uh, a few... A minute or two later, I tried it on my other computer and it's now loading Okay, So obviously, they're experiencing really high volumes on there, which is great. And to continue, nobody should ever use GoFundMe again. And last week, I was reporting about the US convoy organizers who'd set up a Facebook page, which I was actually questioning, knowing that that would be taken down. And in fact, it has been. But also questioning them using um, GoFundMe because we know that GoFundMe just deplatforms people who are not part of the leftist deep state agenda. And here we have another example of that. And uh, so, yeah, just n- never support GoFundMe again and, um, you know, stick with Give, and Go. OK, the truckers' protest is already making great headway with the premiers of Alberta and Saskatchewan now competing for which province will be able to fully remove all of their pandemic policies first. Coutts, Alberta has become another important front in the Canadian Revolution, or what the truckers themselves are calling Operation Bear Hug. Pastor Arta Pavlovsky has emerged as an electrifying leader the Canadian truckers who are in a standoff with the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, RCMP, at the remote border crossing station of Coutts, Alberta, with Sweetgrass, Montana. Seen here at the smuggler's saloon in Coutts on Thursday night, Arter tells the truckers how the Solidarnosc movement was able to throw off communism in Poland once and for all. In my country in 1980, finally, they said... Our children are worth fighting for. And they did it. And they took it to the streets and they paralysed the entire system. Yes, thousands were arrested. Yes, people were tortured and beaten. Yes, there is a price attached to freedom. How do you think the Second World War ended? The world is watching you. Will you give in? Will you stop fighting? Will you stop defending the rights of the free Canadians? We have some, for whatever reason, who just before we are about to get our freedom are telling you to give up. Right before thousands of people are willing to come to support you, now you're going to abandon them? What are you going to say? Oh, we changed our plans? Every single minute I get thousands of messages. Thousands. I mean, this thing, cell phone, never stops. People saying, we're coming to Coots, we're coming to Milk River, we're coming to support. What do you need? We're coming thousands upon thousands of people are coming they don't have enough RCMP officers to deal with that they don't have enough army to deal with that remember you have the power now do not give it away just because it feels right and yes some of you might be arrested yes some of you might pay the price i'm not going to kid you that it's that it's pleasant and beautiful on concrete in jail Facing the biggest guns in the country, it's not. These people don't play fair. They're telling you they represent the law? No. They represent lawlessness. They are gangsters for the biggest mafia that there is. And it's up to you now, for the first time in two years, to rise up, to stand up and to hold the forts. And if this is our Alamo, so be it. Arta's family have been fighting this same tyranny their whole lives. His wife was literally born in a communist Polish prison. They were eventually able to flee the nightmare of the Iron Curtain for Calgary, Alberta, where he is a pastor of the Cave of Adullam congregation and of the street church ministries. Arthur's words and the stand being made by the truckers are as vital to all of us everywhere facing COVID tyr- tyranny as they are to the Canadian people. Everyone must watch and learn. The Holy Spirit is palpable here. If the deep state uses force against these righteous Canadians, their weak hand will be revealed. When you have to use force, you show that you don't have any real power. Arta, the truckers and the Canadian patriots demonstrate the power and the authority that comes from the truth, which is of God. And even Elon Musk weighed in on this. Um, This is the Daily Mail Dot com at Elon Musk slams GoFundMe for bowing to Trudeau and cancelling Freedom Truckers while allowing BLM donations. Site refuses to return $9 million and will instead distribute it to charities it deems fit as Canadian PM is branded a dictator. Now, obviously, this has been updated since this um, article was published. Um, this was yesterday, but earlier in the day. Um, Anyway, GoFundMe has cancelled the Freedom Convoy 2022 fundraiser for allegedly violating its terms of service. The crowdfunding platform announced Friday that they will be distributing the remaining funds to credible and established charities chosen by the Freedom Convoy 2022 organisers and verified by GoFundMe. The company said Convoy donors have until February 19th to request a refund. As I said, that has changed now and they're going to automatically refund donations, which they should have said they were doing in the first place. The decision comes one day after Canadian leaders called on GoFundMe to detail how it would ensure donations weren't being used to promote hate. And if you see all the people dancing in the street together with children and you know, enjoying themselves with no signs of violence whatsoever. You'd know this was just pure propaganda. And sorry about the uh, motorbike in the background there. Somebody's testing it out. Tesla CEO Elon Musk slammed the decision and accused GoFundMe of having double standards because of its previous support for Black Lives Matter fundraisers. Tesla CEO Elon Musk accused GoFundMe of hypocrisy after the company cancelled the Freedom Convoy fundraiser on Friday after it actively supported a campaign for the Capitol Hill occupied protest in Seattle. The crowdfunding platform claimed the convoy fundraiser, which raised 10 million Canadian dollars, 8 million US dollars, in support of truckers protesting against COVID 19 vaccine mandates violated its terms of service, which prohibits the promotion of violence and harassment. GoFundMe plans to distribute the remaining $9 of donated funds to credible and established charities that were reportedly chosen by the convoy organisers and have been verified by the platform. Double standard, Musk questioned on Twitter Friday night, sharing a screenshot of a tweet, the crowdfunding platform published in 2020 amid active riots in Seattle. The Seattle protesters declared an autonomous zone in the city's Capitol Hill neighbourhood. The zone, spanning six city blocks and displaying Black Lives Matter imagery, was established by George Floyd protesters in June 2020 after a tension-filled interaction between demonstrators and police. GoFundMe also allowed numerous BLM-related fundraisers some of which still remain active, that strive to raise funds for protective gear and medical supplies for protesters in the Pacific Northwest. Incidentally, BLM are being hammered now because they failed to to file their accounts and are being threatened with the withdrawal of their 501c3 status. So um, they go against innumerable (laughs) Terms of service, um, and yet GoFundMe still allows them to raise funds. Hmm, Showing their true colours. The crowdfunding platform released a statement Friday evening saying GoFundMe supports peaceful protests, and we believe that was the intention of the Freedom Convoy 2022 fundraiser when it was first created. We now have evidence from law enforcement, and I'd like to see that evidence, that the previously peaceful demonstration has become an occupation with police reports of violence and other unlawful activity. Yeah, right. The decision to remove the fundraiser comes one day after Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau said a military response to the protests that have shut down the nation's capital was, in quotes, not in the cards right now. And the House of Commons Public Safety and National Security Committee called on GoFundMe to detail how it would ensure donations weren't being used to promote extremism and hate. It remains unclear if Trudeau or his government lobbied the crowdsourcing company, which did not immediately respond to DailyMail.com's request for comment. Well, of course it wouldn't. And there's a series of images... uh, And then it goes on, in the wake of GoFundMe's decision, Freedom Convoy organiser Tamara Lynch announced Friday night that they have teamed up with GiveSendGo, another online platform, to continue raising funds for the truckers. GiveSendGo is going to enable us to get donations into the hands of truckers much, much quicker, she said in a video published by Rumble. If you can donate and help us keep these truckers going, we plan to be here for the long haul, as long as it takes to ensure that your rights and freedoms are restored. GoFundMe suspended the Freedom Convoy fundraiser for internal review on Wednesday after it had accrued more than $10 million in donations. The company had previously released $1 million to organisers after they provided a clear distribution plan and confirmed funds would only be used for participants who travelled to Ottawa to participate in a peaceful protest. Trudeau and some of his Liberal Party allies have accused the convoy demonstrators of extremism and racism, a charge that Lich strongly denied on Thursday. We are here out of love for our families, our communities and our nation. These past two years, the COVID mandates have divided us, she said in a statement. This protest began because of the federal government's restrictions on truckers' freedoms. Our movement has grown in Canada and across the world because common people are tired of the mandates and restrictions in their own lives that now seem to be doing more harm than good, she added. We are therefore calling on all levels of government in Canada to end all COVID mandates and restrictions. We will continue our protest until we see a clear plan for their elimination and good for them. The article does continue, but I want to move on now to the wartime presidency part five, because these do tend to be quite long articles, and I really don't want to miss out on sharing this with you. The wartime presidency part five. Again, it's slagfa slagfa.substack.com. Dot dot Why did SCOTUS punt on election fraud? Monday, December 7th, 2020, Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton files a lawsuit on behalf of the citizens of the state of Texas against the states of Georgia, Michigan, Pennsylvania and Wisconsin. In the lawsuit, A.G. Paxton argued that these states exploited the COVID-19 pandemic to justify ignoring their own state and federal election laws. As a result, ignoring these laws was enough to skew the election results to favour Biden over Trump. Friday, December 11th, 2020. Despite the support of Justices Thomas, Alito and Gorsuch, the court declines to grant certiorari and issues a curt statement. And it's got a link to Supreme Court orders and the court order in the statement the court said texas has not demonstrated a judicially cognizable interest in the matter in which another state conducts its elections and slammed the door on the matter this came on the heels of another scotus certiorari denial on december 8th that sought to block up pennsylvania from submitting its electors by making the argument that the pennsylvania legislature's expansion of vote by mail in 2019 was illegal Um, Interestingly, that's now been passed by the Pennsylvania Supreme Court, saying that universal vote by mail was actually against the Constitution. Patriots were understandably upset. They felt as though the Supreme Court was as corrupt as the rest of the federal government and that when push came to shove, the government would serve its own interests rather than those of the people. In an interview, Patel Patriot asked me why I thought Scotus punted. At the time, I told him that the reason they punted was the question before the court wasn't brought by the right plaintiff and the question wasn't the right one. This article will attempt to flesh that reason out further and by the end, I hope you have a better understanding of what happened and why, as well as what may be coming, because I think Scotus has a future role to play in our drama. Issue one, why did SCOTUS punt? Let's look at the question and the plaintiff. Texas AG Ken Paxton, a strong Trump ally, took it upon himself to represent the people of his state and sue four other states over their submission of electors to the Electoral College. What do we have here? We have a state officer making the claim that other states violated federal and state election laws in order to skew the results and elect Joe Biden. Is claiming that the election of Biden wouldn't have happened if the states in question followed the law. He claims standing by making the claim that this was an election for the presidency and the decisions made by the president would affect Texas citizens. Therefore, because Texas followed the law and Georgia, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin didn't, Texas is harmed by the allowance of these four states to send electoral votes to Congress for the count on January 6, 2021. Forgive me, but this case was always a Hail Mary, and here's why. Paxton claimed that the states of Georgia, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin broke their respective state laws and federal law in the manner they conducted their elections. Well, that's a law enforcement problem, not a constitutional one. Furthermore, in his argument, Paxton claims that Texas would suffer harm if Biden were elected illegally. No matter how eloquently that statement is made, at the time it was nothing more than speculation. You can't truly know if Texas would suffer harm prior to the action occurring. Combine these two glaring issues in the Texas lawsuit, and you've got a solid reason for assert denial. And that's exactly what happened. You'll notice that Justice Barrett and Justice Kavanaugh voted to deny cert. That's because they're doing their jobs as constitutional judges. It's not to simply rub a stamp eye on everything that comes across their bench that benefits conservatives. If SCOTUS took this case and intervened in the election process, it would have torn the country in two. Patriots might have liked the outcome, but that doesn't change the fact that from the outside, this is a Trump ally attempting to use SCOTUS to intervene in the sovereign elections of other states. Furthermore, granting cert would have crossed the line and caused the Supreme Court to seize power from the legislative branch. Power seized from you, the people of the United States of America. The Constitution says unequivocally that the power of choosing electors is the sovereign domain of the individual state legislatures, no one else. It was not proper for SCOTUS to intervene, and thank God they didn't. If they did, they would have created precedent for a future court to intervene in a future election where the establishment didn't like the choice of the people and took the issue to SCOTUS, like if someone like Trump won a future presidential election. This road not taken will be just the thing the establishment would need to usurp the will of the people and install the, in quotes, correct choice of candidate. Dangerous waters there, matey. Aside, I know that the cert denial irrevocably damaged the court's reputation with many patriots, but it's my hope that this explanation helps with the why Scotus chose not to intervene and gets us thinking about the dangers to the Republic had they done so. That being said, when SCOTUS issues an opinion in N.Y.S.R.P.A. versus Bruin, you're going to love it because that's a case where it's a cut and dry argument of the government versus the citizen. And those new constitutionalist justices are going to give New York and every other blue state a heart attack. Just wait and see. I'm not sure what that case is, but yes, um. I must say I was unhappy with the court's decision, the Supreme Court's decision, but I wasn't that familiar with the Constitution, so this act- this argument actually makes sense. Issue two, now for some speculation. I also think that we've gotten a decent strategy tip as to where this is going with SCOTUS and from a very unlikely source. We know from the public release from the January 6th committee on June 15th, 2021, that the acting Solicitor General, Jeffrey Wall, received an email from President Trump's White House assistant that had attached a legal brief and instructions to review this brief and to then file it with the Supreme Court. Here it is in full and it's a link to oversight.house.gov and the rest of the link is in there. Um, You'll get that when I share the link to the article. From the release, on December 29, 2020, President Trump's White House assistant emailed Mr. Rosen, Mr. Donahue, and Acting Solicitor General Jeffrey Wall, attaching a draft legal brief to file in the Supreme Court. She wrote, the President asked me to send the attached draft document for your review and provided a phone number so they could contact the President directly. Also, the brief laid out the strategy that was going to be used in court. Again, from the release, the draft 54-page complaint demanded that the Supreme Court declare that the Electoral College votes cast in six states that President Trump lost cannot be counted and requested that the court order a special election for president in those states. Bingo! The January 6th committee, blinded by its abject hatred of Trump, has just shown me exactly how Trump is going to use SCOTUS to overturn the fraudulent election. Now, the committee itself is silent on the question of did this brief actually get filed with the court? And that tells me that it probably wasn't. The narrative is Trump was like a caged animal with the walls closing in, grasping at straws to try to maintain power. And all of these clams. I think that should have read claims and attempts were crazy, maybe even illegal. So according to that narrative, the DOJ recognised that Trump had lost it and decided to slow roll the filing of the brief with SCOTUS and it died a quiet death after January 6th. Key takeaway, the brief was probably never filed. If it were, the committee would have used it as evidence against President Trump, but that doesn't mean it won't be filed someday. That's an important data point. Let's file that away for now. Let's fast forward from December 29, 2020 to January 6, 2021. President Trump's plan on January 6 was to have an alternate slate of electors assigned during the electoral vote count. Pence said in his letter to Congress on January six that he was going to follow the Constitution and he acknowledged that there were significant irregularities in the 2020 election. You may view Pence's letter here and it looks like it's a New York Times um, article. As the presiding officer of the electoral vote count, he could not unilaterally reject electors, but one Congress member and one senator could raise an, an objection and thereby start a process by which the electoral votes from a state could be rejected. Look at the boxed portion of the letter. This is what Pence said he was going to do. After an election with significant allegations of voting irregularities and numerous instances of officials setting aside state election law, I share the concerns of millions of Americans about the integrity of this election. The American people choose the American president, and have every right under the law to demand free and fair elections and a full investigation of electoral misconduct. As presiding officer, I will do my duty to ensure that these concerns receive a fair and open hearing in the Congress of the United States. Objections will be heard, evidence will be presented, and the elected representatives of the American people will make their decision. And that's exactly what he did. When the electoral votes from Arizona, the first state to be counted, were brought up for a count, Representative Paul Gosar, Republican Arizona, objected with 60 other House Republicans. The objection was signed by one of the senators of the state of Texas, Ted Cruz, and it's actually got a video of that happening. Watch the video clip. Do you hear the howls of protest from the Democrats? They knew this would have started a process that they would have been unable to stop and would have ended with Trump being returned to the White House. The states of Arizona, Nevada, Georgia, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, New Mexico, and Michigan sent two slates of electors to Washington because of irregularities that were observed in the 2020 election. That was more than enough to deliver Trump an excess of 270 electoral votes. Evidence uncovered by the Trump administration was also going to be presented. Remember Rudy Giuliani meeting with state legislatures prior to January 6th? I am confident had this process been allowed to continue uninterrupted, there would have been enough senators and Congress members to reject Biden and seek Trump as president, and it would have been legal and in compliance with the U.S. Constitution. Sadly, that was not to be. And Democrat operatives let protesters into the Capitol building to disrupt the proceeding and to shut it down over security concerns. What also happened was the protest on that day was immediately branded as a violent insurrection by the media. And that gave enough political capital for the Democrats to shut down the objections to electors. And whip any conservative democrats and rhinos into line. Interestingly, there was a an article posted saying that the Capitol doors had to be opened from within because they're on. Uh, they have magnetic locks. The doors are huge, and it's impossible to open those from the outside. So, more and more information coming out about the fact that this was all pre-planned by Pelosi and co. The Democrats wanted an outcome and that's what they got, regardless of what the law process and the actual evidence said. Issue 3, the critical public image of the Supreme Court's impartiality. Whether planned or not, SCOTUS guarded its image on December 11th. This was so masterfully done, it's my suspicion that the Trump administration had some input. By rejecting the lawsuit from Texas, the court was kept in reserve in case a constitutional crisis was needed to return Trump to his rightful place as President of the United States. In addition, two out of the three justices that Trump nominated to the Supreme Court voted to reject cert to the Texas case. Leftist pundits were quick to use this fact as evidence that allegations of election fraud were nonsense. See. Trump's own Supreme Court pick won't even support him. These allegations of fraud are lies. They're even seditious. Re, Of course, one, rejection of cert doesn't mean what the liberal politicos think. And two, they miss the important bits. One, Trump didn't bring this lawsuit. Texas did. That's a critical point in establishing standing in a lawsuit and the primary reason SCOTUS denied cert the court 2 the court denied cert but they never looked at any evidence that supported the lawsuit denial of cert and rejection of evidence of election fraud and then issuing a judgment against the plaintiff are not the same thing 3 the supreme court held that texas had no standing under article 3 of the us constitution that's critical SCOTUS stood up for and defended a state legislature's sovereign right to choose electors under the Constitution and that's important no matter what the outcome. For in the dissenting opinion for the rejection of cert in the Pennsylvania case, Justice Thomas said that decision to rewrite the rule seems to have affected too few ballots to change the outcome of any federal election but that may not be the case in the future. Did you catch what Justice Thomas said? Justice Thomas gives critical insight through his dissenting opinions on certiorari rejections, and he did so yet again in this case. Patriots probably wouldn't have gotten the outcome they wanted had the, had the court granted cert to the Texas case. I cannot express in words how critical it is that SCOTUS stay out of partisan fights because they're going to play a future role in our little drama which makes me think something else. I think Trump may have asked SCOTUS to nuke the Texas case. I think Trump manipulated Chief Justice Roberts' sensitivity towards the court's appearance of a non-partisan branch of government and privately supported the certiorari denial for two reasons. One, the court's public image of a nonpartisan government branch would be critical if the court were needed to examine the evidence of election fraud as an avenue to return the presidency to Trump. 2. Trump's main avenue of attack was the counting of the duelling slates of electors from Arizona, New Mexico, Nevada, Georgia, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin and Michigan. He was going to use the process for disputing electors that's in the Constitution and relying on key allies in the House and Senate. Why do I say this? Why do I see Trump's hand in the certiorari denial? My main reason is that the denial of certiorari in the Texas case, as well as the Pennsylvania one, were too elegant. This move set the political chessboard up for moves that would occur 50 turns down the road, and the future moves I'm talking about will bring about the destruction of Trump's enemies. Moves like that don't happen without careful thought and deliberate intervention. Trump needed SCOTUS to maintain ambivalence towards him as a candidate or as a future plaintiff. The certiorari denial, most critically by Trump's own SCOTUS picks, allows Trump to point at the court and say, you see, they beat their own drum. There's no telling what they'll do. This is, of course, intentional subterfuge. You can bet that SCOTUS will issue opinions that rigidly follow the US Constitution and Trump will have the Constitution on his side. Want to see what he'll do? Issue four, the future role of SCOTUS. Now that we're one year into the Brandon administration and a stolen election needs to be resolved, a constitutional crisis is probably going to form soon. I see the constitutional crisis taking one of two forms. Constitutional crisis one. Enough states decertify their electoral college votes to put Biden under 270. Remember how the Constitution says state legislatures have absolute sovereignty over their choice of electors. This process is underway as we speak. Arizona, Pennsylvania, Georgia and Wisconsin have already begun investigations into their respective 2020 elections. These states represent more than enough electoral votes to push Brandon under the 270 vote threshold. Once that happens, Brandon did not win the Electoral College and is no longer president. SCOTUS would have to get involved at that point as a nicely wrapped constitutional question will be placed before the court. What happens when a president has their electoral votes revoked by several states and these revocations push the total under 270? That unique set of circumstances has never materialised in our nation's history – And those types of questions are precisely what the Supreme Court was created to answer. They'll grant a writ of certiorari for sure. Constitutional crisis too. Trump shows up to Washington DC one day and reveals a presidential emergency action directive that names him president in exile as the result of an attack and successful colour revolution by an enemy nation. President Trump assumed control of a government in exile as part of a critical continuity of government procedure because, of an, because a unique set of circumstances occurred. An enemy nation conspired with both national political parties to instill their chosen candidate against the will of the people of the United States of America. This created a situation that is in essence the same as if the United States was attacked with nuclear weapons and the enemy put a puppet in control of the radioactive ruins of the nation. However, President, in quotes, Biden, was elected by the Electoral College with 306 electoral votes. The process, spelt out in the Constitution, was followed, and Joseph R. Biden was inaugurated as the 46th President of the United States on January 20th, 2021, at 12 noon. You cannot have two presidents, especially not in this age of nuclear weapon command authority. Those orders from the president must be crystal clear and unambiguous. The military will not tolerate a situation like this. It strikes at the heart of national security and puts the nation at grave risk. In part three of my series, I called this situation Scotus Mania 1. That name was in jest, but the constitutional crisis it describes is quite deadly serious. Again, this is precisely the sort of question that Scotus was created to answer. And again, they'll grant writ of certiorari because there will be a very, very worried military that will demand an answer. Now these two scenarios aren't connected to each other. They were intentionally listed in a one-two order because I think situation one is the preferred option but option two is in reserve if it's needed. Both could even be played. The first preferred option that's beneficial for most parties and the second nuclear option that's to be activated in the event SCOTUS fails to act. Option one would also allow devolution and the presidency in exile to remain shrouded in secrecy, and everything I've seen so far leads me to believe that Trump and the portion of the military that knows about this would prefer to keep it that way. But trust me, if it's necessary to reveal a -A PEAD in order to correct this wrong perpetrated upon the American people, Trump will reveal that PEAD. Count on it. What's Trump going to ask the court for in terms of relief? He's going to ask for new elections, as described in the email obtained by the January 6th committee. The draft 54-page complaint demanded that the Supreme Court declare that the Electoral College votes cast in six states that President Trump lost cannot be counted and requested that the court order a special election for president in those states. Wait, isn't 22 an election year? Why, yes, yes, it is. I'll remind everyone that if Trump won a special election in 2022, he will be sworn in on January 20th, 2023. This would allow him to serve the constitutional maximum of 10 years as president. I love it when a plan comes together. The coming convergence, summer 2022. I'm now going to speculate when this might happen. I have no inside knowledge or special sources that are feeding me information. I have to rely on logic for this one, and here's what I've seen. When is it a good time to attack your enemy? You attack him when he's distracted. A distraction like a Supreme Court justice nomination and confirmation process, with a few Durham and Weiss indictments thrown in for fun. Once Breyer retires this summer and the 2022 election is in full swing, I think there will be a few high-profile people indicted, and I think that's the perfect time for Trump to strike with a constitutional crisis. Think about this. There's a coming convergence of events and opportunities that will form in the summer of 2022. SCOTUS nomination and confirmation process, election in full swing for a contested House and Senate, demoralized Democrat voter base. MAGA is stronger than ever, ready to ride a red tsunami into Washington. Democrat congressional leaders are unable to keep their troops in line. See Kirsten Sinema and Joe Manchin. On 2 it was announced that Senator Ben Ray Lujan, Democrat New Mexico, has suffered a stroke. This puts the voting makeup of the House at 50 Republican, 49 Democrat. And make SCOTA's confirmations nearly impossible. Republican leaders are able to keep their troops in line and unified, see Senator McConnell. Pending Durham in indictments, pending Weiss indictments, several states looking at decertifying and then reclaiming their electoral votes. Pending Origins of COVID evidence dropping. Pending Yingwei evidence release. If Trump is elected in a special election in 2022, he will be able to serve the constitutional maximum of 10 years as president. If Trump is going to act, this summer is the perfect time. 2022 is the year we are going to know which way this drama will go. Will Trump act or will he wait until the election of 2024? I can't tell the future, but I can tell you that summer is a good time to pay attention. Be ready. The best is yet to come. Slag. So a good uh, interpretation of what might happen. And I don't think Trump is going to wait till 2024. I really don't. I mean, he can run again in 2024 um, as the incumbent president. But it doesn't mean to say it's not going to do anything beforehand. So let's all keep our fingers crossed that that is what happens and that this summer will be pretty damn good. So on to Prepare for Change and this is at prepareforchange.net and the title is Positive Turnaround on Planet Earth and this was published on the 3rd of February, a couple of days ago. And this is a spiritual take on what is happening at the moment. We've had the political take on it, so let's see what this has to say. Uh, The old 3D cycle has ended on planet Earth. Many shadows will emerge into your consciousness through enlightenment. Welcome your shadow. Planetary transition as humanity wakes up. Today's theme calls attention to an important detail to reassure most of us for the energy that is now being generated by the opening of the 5D portal will significantly alter the DNA of the physical body internally partly as a result of intensive detoxification. The dark forces who for 500,000 years have had unlimited freedom on planet Earth are now facing our helpful extraterrestrial brothers and sisters, the light forces, digital soldiers and patriots, who through great effort are making progress in order to remove these negative forces from from planet Earth forever. It was these negative forces that sabotaged positive initiatives to make it impossible to break through this negative isolation, but this has now been definitively achieved. The pandemic critics knew it all along, now confirmed by the head of the US Health Authority, Dr. Fauci, the PCR test cannot detect viruses nor their transmission. The entire pandemic, including voluntary, in quotes, mandatory poison injections all freedom-restricting measures such as wearing face masks, is based solely on results of the PCR test. These results should now be classified as unsuitable as the basis for corona regulations and set aside. Will governments and politicians react accordingly? Clearly not. What does this mean? that the corona proclaimers are a criminal syndicate that deserve the death penalty. The sooner humanity wakes up to the lies and deceit, the better it is for all of us. Do not be modest. Let this be a challenge for all to join in and apply our maximum potential. Our planet has been thoroughly polluted by huge amounts of chemicals, radiation, lies, deception, disinformation, distortion, fake news, etc., Maintained by half-truths, fraud, distorted images, deceptive mirages, propaganda and especially brainwashing. Our physical body is thoroughly poisoned and polluted by radiation and air pollution, but also by heavy metals and dangerous toxins through pharmaceutical drugs and food. All this is stored in the human organism, which is why physical detoxification is necessary. The great revolution has begun. This process is unstoppable. From above and below on Earth, the energies are coming together. This, this is, since many centuries, the long-awaited moment, and with it we are entering the new 5D world. The deep state cabal has been defeated. What remains are cabal puppets and their cronies, who will only be removed when the majority of humanity has woken up. The sleepers must convince themselves to believe and see who their real enemy is. That the COVID pandemic is a propaganda lie to wipe out humanity on earth. Until then, the awakened will have to be patient. For the many who have yet to wake up, remember that God is with you. Every human being has the respect of the Lord in him. Therefore, you don't need to have fear, certainly not for something that doesn't exist. Realize that the new world is already a fact. The the revolution has begun right before your eyes. Wasn't that also your choice originally? Start by forgetting everything you have learned in your life and forget it for good. Have a totally new look at life and discover the real truths. Have love for our new beautiful world with true freedom that brings you closer to the Lord It is important to know that the worst of the evil is over and will never come back. It is now everyone's task to pass on this good news message to all the people you know, help them to increase their awareness and redevelop the the faith that was once possessed. Our returning extraterrestrial author Vital Froese gives his view on this event below. Welcome your shadow. Beloved ones, Earth is a school planet to which souls came to experience duality, that is, to alternate between the polarities of light and shadow. As if forgetting experiences from past lives were not enough, the difficulties that the incarnated are facing are increasing as they also feel disconnected from source and do not know who they really are nor what they came here to do. According to the creator's plan, this school will leave the class of atonement and trials. The height of consciousness will go to a higher level and this will be the big difference from now on. A large part of humanity has already learned the necessary lessons, even if they do not even remember it. You still cannot remember what you learned in previous lives, but there has always been an evolution of consciousness even in incarnations where the shadow dominates the consciousness of the incarnate. The total sum of what has been learned in the hundreds or even more than a thousand reincarnations that humanity has already lived will determine the frequency of each consciousness in this end time of 3D vibrations. There will be a mass ascension of souls as approximately one third of humanity has reached this frequency. The light will gradually become more intense as the pulses become more intense and more frequent. High vibrations of this light will keep the Earth in a higher dimensional frequency which will definitely stay between 5D and 9D. The old 3D cycle is being extinguished on planet Earth. The light is increasing and in the same proportion the ready consciousness is broadening. In this way, everything changes for the one who wakes up in this new age of life. Knowledge will flow from within, for it has always been there. The experiences gained in duality will, in a certain sense, serve as an endorsement of this awakening. But they will also be of great value in a future where the ascended beings of Earth will be part of groups led by ascended masters. As consciousness now expands, each incarnate will integrate his consciousness into higher soul versions. We will gradually move from soul fragments to a higher soul version. This is necessary in order to become part of the rebirth or five-dimensional world. We already have access to these higher versions of ourselves. Some have already reached the higher self, which is the version at the top of the ascension pyramid. This vision is housed at the source and is nothing more than the integral spirit, that is, the divine seed atom. We are coming home. This is the long-awaited time since we came to this planet. So, if we can access our higher self, our memories of all past lives here on this planet, those of penance and tribulation, will be brought back to life. All successive lives will return to our consciousness like a film. As we are willing to remember and understand our own history, it will appear on the screen of every consciousness. And in this film of each person's life, we will discover that we experience polarities in duality. When we have made progress in learning, we have also had setbacks or mistakes, but that is absolutely normal, for there is no other way to learn in the school of the third dimension. Whenever we experience polarity immersion in the shadow we build up a version called the inferior self. Indeed, we can now receive such information when our consciousness is ready to understand it, that nothing is more natural than the positive polarity as one's own experience. The soul is ready for accretion when it has followed and understood all the lessons from both polarities. Both the light and the shadow offers experience. You would not know the difference between the two if you had not experienced both. That is what now determines who goes to the new 5D Earth and who still has to learn further in the third dimensional world. Anyone reading or hearing this message has already experienced it. Now you are in the last part of the journey. Therefore, it is time to clear your basements, that is, to lighten the dark parts that you experienced when you went through the darker polarities. Do not be concerned about deeds and actions that would be detested today. Remember that they were necessary to learn the lessons of this school. Many shadows will arise in your consciousness through illumination. Before your entire history is remembered in detail, these shadows must be recognized, understood and illuminated. They are a part of you. Therefore, they must not be forgotten. Be on your guard in these first five weeks of 2022. Those who dissolve their shadows now will have some strange symptoms, which most of them have never felt before. Some old acquaintances may also reappear, such as anger, fear, guilt, shame, resentment, etc. The new symptoms may also vary from person to person. We have already received many reports in this first week. The most common is the feeling that a dark spirit is haunting. Yes, it does feel like an attack because attacks have always been there. But you have to understand that the shelves are being emptied and there are not as many as there used to be. What is happening now is that the inferior self is manifesting to be understood and enlightened. What appears to be an evil spirit is nothing more than a version of your reflection self, a shadow of you. It represents that version of your soul in a particular incarnation when the experience of duality was in the polarity of the shadow. Yes, you have lived that experience. You lived the lower version to learn the difference between the light and the shadow. Were it not for such experiences, you would not be ready for ascension now. You would be among the two-thirds who still belong to the third dimension. So instead of doubting and panicking, go into the loving vibration of welcoming. Welcome your shadow. Look at those lower versions of yourself with love and compassion. They can also represent all those sister souls who are not ready yet. There are all those people represented who are still creating joy from evil. That is in the shadows. The people we hold in such high esteem for their evil deeds are in the same situation as we have experienced at some point in the past. Thus, we understand what is permissible and what is not. There is no other way to learn without living the experience. And it is by living that experience that we create the characters that make up the inferior self. Don't deny that version of yourself because it's not real anymore. It's just a memory of something that once was. But if you feel something pressing down on you, understand it, accept it, and let it go. Do this lovingly. There is no obsessive spirit bothering you. It is a memory of a difficult time where the experience was important and necessary, but should not be repeated because it represents the antithesis of the light. It is now your antithesis, for you are the light, and that is why you feel like something heavy because this is a lower, denser energy. Remember, we have five weeks to lighten those shadows. If you resist, they go on longer. This is a unique opportunity, because before you had to open them to illuminate them. Now they come up without you looking for them. The shadows need the light. They are asking for this gesture of charity from you. Release them and your energy will be much lighter. This is all part of the final adjustments that the moment requires. I am Vital Frozi, and my mission is enlightenment. Namaste. So that's a very encouraging take on the ascension process. And interesting what they were saying about the shadow self. You know, I've said that at this time, with all the energies coming in, there are people who are actually demonstrating the shadow self. You know, what we say is, you know, showing their true self. Which is interesting and according to this, perhaps there are the part of the two thirds that aren't ready for ascension yet. Um, Interesting. Anyway, that's all I have time for this week. And as I mentioned at the start, if you'd like to get in touch with me about my intuitive success coaching, you can find me at the successalchemist.net. And I have a free download there which is the dream achiever success kit and it's very focused around achieving goals using manifestation principles and you can also apply for a success a free success strategy session on that website and then my other website is the web and i create websites with soul with good energy and as i said at the beginning i've got a couple of truthers um There's clients who I'm developing websites for, and I've done many more for previously for people on the right side of history as well. And then there's Empowered Manifestation, which is my book about manifestation. And if you just want to email me, you can do so at uh, jan at successalchemist.net. So thank you very much for listening. I hope you've enjoyed the show. As I said at the beginning, a slightly different take on things today. Um, But things are progressing nicely, I believe. And as I always say, keep your eye on the prize. So I hope you'll join me next week for another Cosmic Creating show. Thank you to Nancy for producing. Uh, Stay well, be safe and bye for now. You have been listening to the Cosmic Creating Radio Show with Jan Shaw, a production of Cosmic Reality Radio. Live long and prosper.